0: You're listening to Tiny Home Tours, a podcast that celebrates all things tiny living. We're your hosts, Allison, Chris, and Loren. Join us as we sit down with nomads and tiny home dwellers to discover why they went tiny, the lessons they've learned, and inspire you to take the lead. This episode is brought to you by the Tiny Home Tours newsletter. Would you enjoy a weekly newsletter that shares all things tiny? Every Friday, we share sneak peeks of full upcoming tour videos, blog posts, and new podcast episodes. Join with the link below or by visiting tinyhometours.com. Hi guys, it's Tiny Home Tours here for another podcast. I'm sitting down with Chad and Paul today. My name is Allie from Atsatia Creative. Who are you guys?
1: Hey there, I'm Chad and I'm Paul and we're Chad and Paul on Instagram and on YouTube as well.
0: Awesome, thank you so much for sitting down with us. I appreciate it.
2: It It's our pleasure. Thanks for having us on.
0: Yeah. So let's just start with why did you guys choose to get on the road and how long have you been traveling and how long do you foresee you guys doing this? So uh, we
1: were living uh, life in Brooklyn for a number of years. We loved it there. We had lived in a great neighborhood, a great apartment, had great jobs. Paul was working as an attorney. I was working as a speech pathologist. So on paper, everything was great, you know, but after some time, you know, where you're just doing the same thing over and over again, I'm sure you get it as well. You just kind of feel numb, you know? And uh, we were kind of living from vacation to vacation. We would work really hard and then spend, you know, two weeks doing something really cool and then just wait until the next vacation. And we just got really sick of it. So we worked really hard to uh, build some remote businesses so we could support ourselves and travel around. And uh, I originally wanted a boat, a sailboat.
0: Ooh. But Paul
1: wasn't so into that idea. Uh, <laughs> so we compromised on a van. So after a couple of years in Brooklyn, we sold everything, uh, bought a van, and hit the road.
0: OK. So that's really interesting. So you guys planned for a few years before you did it. It wasn't like an idea, and six months later, you were in a van.
2: Yeah. I would say, I would say it really, it was like an idea that grew over time. So it was like we watched some YouTube videos, and we're like, well, that's cool for those people, but you know, that's not, that's, that's never going to happen, you know? And slowly as time went on, it was like, well, let's start to explore this. Let's look at some sailboats. Let's look at some different ways to travel overland. And then eventually it just became more and more real as time went on, especially once we, we got those online businesses going. So there really was no reason to stay in New York City anymore.
0: That's really cool that you were so intentional about it. I always hear people say, "Just leap, right? Just do it." But that might not make it sustainable. You guys have created something that can be really sustainable.
2: Yeah, That's great. but I think even when you do that, there's there's still a point when you have to leap. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's
0: always a leap. Of
1: faith.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: but actually, I plan like, and leap. <laughs>
1: yeah, I feel like the hardest thing wasn't actually you know moving from an apartment to a van. It was leaving Brooklyn. I feel like we're kind of just in this Brooklyn bubble, you know, and everyone's like, oh, this is the place to be. It's so cool. Like, how could you leave? And, you know, we we have our block, we have our grocery stores, our whole community there. So that was really the toughest part for us actually is, you know, leaving the community that we've been a part of.
0: That makes perfect sense. Hopefully you found some community on the road.
1: Oh yeah. That's (laughs) actually been the most surprising thing, I think, because um, we kind of expected to just be alone (laughs) alone. in the woods or in the mountains somewhere and I love this guy a lot but sometimes you need a little break you need to you know chat it up with someone new um but actually we found we're more social now than we were um living in Brooklyn because here it's like when you see someone else in a van there's like an instant connection and you usually have more things in common than you do apart
0: Yeah, how cool. And you've also like met new parts of yourself seeing how you've come out and you said you're more social. That's really cool. So it sounds like you guys started some businesses to make it sustainable. And it's the question that literally the first question everyone asks to every van lifer or nomad, um, how have you guys made this work? How do you pay for food and life insurance? And just like all of those things that are tricky when you're not in one state.
2: Totally, yeah. So um, so in, when we first started to do this, I, was, I started to sell on eBay um, using a model called Drop Shipping. And the cool thing about Drop Shipping is that you don't have physical inventory because when you sell the stuff on like eBay, a third party will fulfill the orders for you. So once I started to see success with that, I was like, Chad, I need help because <laughs> it, was, it was getting to be a lot. So Chad hopped in and we started doing it together, and that's when it really started to grow. And then since then we've expanded that we do it on eBay on Amazon, and um, so that's that's a lot of what we do. Uh, Chad, in a prior life, was a speech pathologist, mm-hmm. but he still is. He does that remotely, but more as like a consultant at this point. Yeah. So all that can be done over Zoom. So we have the e-commerce businesses, Chad's business. Um, I've also started to, to train other people how to do eBay and Amazon as well, so I makes make money from that as well. So you know, when you're doing this kind of different lifestyle, we have all these different streams of income, which is pretty cool. You kind of adapt as as time goes on.
0: So can you just tell us a little bit more about just drop shipping? Because even I am, I I, I guess I'm old school. I'm an old lady. I just keep picturing like someone buys something, you have to have it to send it. So how do you not have any of this product and who has the product and how are you getting a cut? How does that work?
2: Yeah. So There's, dropshipping is a broad term, so there's there's a lot you can do under, but the basic model, what it is, is you sell products on these different marketplaces, like eBay's a marketplace, Amazon's a marketplace, and like Facebook marketplace, uh, Etsy, like all these different places where anyone can sign up for an account and just start selling their items. But all the items that we're listing up for sale, we don't have in physical inventory of them. Instead, we connect with a third party either a manufacturer or a retail store like walmart.com and we sell those products on the marketplace like ebay so then once the item sells on ebay then i turn around and either buy it from the manufacturer or buy it directly from walmart.com and they ship the item directly to the customer so i never have to touch the package i never have to handle it any returns will go right back to the person who shipped it as well so it's totally hands-off kind of business
0: if we so did have
1: to in- handle it, we'd be living in a very different vehicle right yeah now. <laughs> <laughs> A lot
2: bigger.
0: <laughs> that is so interesting. How do you know how to price things then if you haven't already purchased it? Like, do you have to do a ton of front-end research?
2: So not really. So, you know, if we're um, getting them from the other source, they're going to tell us what the price is. And then um, just based on experience, like we have formulas, you just quickly plug it in and it, it will... Increase the price to account for any fees, like eBay fees, and then um, enough on top of that to make a profit as well. And there's a lot of software that automates this for us as well. So especially with eBay, you just plug the item into the software and it's going to automatically add it to eBay. If there's any price changes at the supplier level, it will change the prices on eBay for you and the stock levels as well. So that way you don't accidentally sell an item that's out of stock.
0: Wow. Wow. That is very neat. Okay, and you train people to do this as well if they want to pursue this.
2: Yeah, definitely. So I actually have a uh, my own YouTube channel. It's just my name, Paul J. Lipsky. If that's too much to remember, if you just search on YouTube for Paul and eBay, I'll come right up. You can check out some of those videos.
0: Cool. Okay, thank you. Um, so you guys just got a new rig. We filmed a tour with your old rig. You guys just yeah. got a new rig. So we need to film a new tour now.
1: Yeah. There <laughs> and,
0: <you go. laughs> um, I know. So I ended up designing my own tiny house, but I had never lived in a tiny house before. I feel really grateful that I, there's only one regret that I have. And I wouldn't have really known until I got into the tiny house. You really learn so much once you get into the space and have tried to stick your you know the things that you have into places and they don't fit. And so did you guys know going in when you bought your first rig, like this is our starter rig while we learn or what's it? what was your process for like now having two rigs and and why did you decide to go with a second one?
1: Yeah, so we're terrible planners. We, we really <laughs> like looking back things on things retrospectively, you're like, oh, the, everything really worked out but we really had no idea what we were doing. Um, you know, we had done some research. We knew we wanted something that had a really big lithium power system uh, to support us working full time uh, off the road. Uh, we also knew that um, we like separate beds, actually, uh, because when you're in a small space, you know, and spaces at a premium, you take it where you can get it. So we knew we wanted a rig that had a big power system and that uh, had uh, separate beds, and it was small enough that we could really go anywhere we wanted. Uh, we love boondocking in cities just as much as we love, you know, boondocking rurally. So we wanted something, you know, under 22, 21 feet. So we started with a Winnebago Travado. It was a really great rig. And it was great. <laughs> we loved it, but we kind of outgrew it a bit because uh, it didn't have enough space for us to really work, which is our biggest issue. So um, we came across this uh, company, Storyteller Overland. They're really making great rigs. Four by fours, um, you know, on the Sprinter chassis. I uh, have the same uh, power system, which is Volta lithium, which we love. And here, I don't know if you can see, but there's so much room to work, uh, which w- is just amazing.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I saw the double beds in the pictures and I instantly had that thought of Lucy from. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I have to say, so everyone's always like, why? Well, you don't, know, you know, sleep together. What's the deal? Um, but, you know, I feel like it really helps. Our relationship to mm-hmm. be able to have our own, like at least a little bit of space to call our own. You know? Yeah,
0: totally. And I call I, myself I, a starfisher. Like. like- if you're sleeping next to me, you're in trouble.
1: I I tend to get hot at night, so it's probably for the best.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. You guys talked about this a little bit with your beds and having space, but what is it like being a couple in this teeny tiny space? Um, Do you guys make it a point to get me time or is me time gone? Um, How do you guys navigate it and... Are, do you guys want to kill each other? Or are you still <laughs> <not> in love? <laughs> well, one of us hasn't
1: ended up on the side of the highway yet, so Good. that's a win for me. But um, we actually met at a Buddhist monastery, um, and so we both kind of went into this relationship having at least a, a decent perspective on how to, you know, communicate, um, how to speak, you know, mindfully, and, and have a conversation and work out issues without things getting too intense so it was really helpful to go in with that perspective i think yeah um but i think coming with the understanding that you're like paul's not always in my way you know what i mean it's not like this is my space or my van it's it's a shared space so we have to be able to navigate that emotionally but a lot of times physically just you know having to dance through the aisle a little bit to make room for each other
2: yeah and it's been an adjustment um and we're still adjusting to it. But I think one of the things that that helps is just always try to remember, you know, we, we got this van to go on adventures and to live out of it. So, you know, sometimes there'll be times when we realize we for like three or four days spend like most of the time in the van and then we start to get grumpy and it's like, well, none, no wonder why. We're in this tiny space. So we go out and go for a hike and then usually we feel better. You know, you just gotta you gotta get out of the van. That's why you have it. So
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, going back to that communication piece, do you is there anything that you can think of that's like this is this is the this is the thing that really helps? Like, is there are there any nuggets yeah. that you can pass along to other couples that help with that? Cause I love that the I had no idea that you guys had been in a monastery. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> um, I feel like you guys probably have some nuggets to pass along it's like <laughs> how to calm yourself when you wanna like freak out at your partner or just what are some of those tools that you guys use and have learned
2: yeah well one of the things is, is pretty pretty basic um you know we just got to address things right away or as soon as we can you, you can't let things fester in the van um, because you're in such close quarters they're just they're just going to escalate very quickly so that that's a big rule for us you know we, we don't let things fester and then we we always have to remind ourselves even when things start to get heated when we start to maybe start to get into a little bit of an argument we're on the same team yeah. that's he's got to remind remind each other always we're on the same team and there's no one winning here you know if anyone loses we both lose so for me that's always the biggest thing to always keep that in mind yeah. you I agree think with
1: that? absolutely I think too, um, you have to be really clear with expectations and when it's time for personal space and when it's time to come together. And I think moving into a van or even you know working independently, um, it's a big change because when you have a nine to five job, you're apart for most of the day. So when you come back, it's like all you know, sunshine and daffodils, you have dinner, you catch up, you know, you have you have romantic time. And here we're literally you know, within 10 feet of each other all day, every single moment of every single day. So you really have to, you know, come to terms with the fact that you need, everyone needs personal space. So, you know, sometimes it even comes down to saying, Hey, look, this morning, I need some me time, you know, and so give me that space. And then we'll go on a hike this afternoon.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that. It's such a great way to deescalate of just Like if someone's starting, you can see them getting frantic, just be like, we're on the same team. I wonder if that would disarm like partners across. I feel like that's just what people need to do around the world, no matter if they're in a van or in a home, like we're on the same team. The reminder, I love that. Um, And then lastly, I'd love to know what it's like being a gay couple on the road. Have you guys experienced any discrimination or how is that going so far? Is there anywhere you stay away from? Have you felt safe or unsafe?
1: That's a really good question. Um, When we were in Brooklyn, you know, you're kind of in this, you know, Brooklyn bubble and growing up, you know, in the gay community, you always think and hear, oh, there are certain places or certain states that we should avoid. And, you know, initially during our travels, we did, you know, we'd be in Florida and then we drink coffee and, you know, drive straight through certain states. Um, but it, after some time, after, you know, doing some research, uh, we felt more and more comfortable and found that um, on the whole, we've been accepted, you know, more than we've been discriminated against in the van community. You know, of course, we're privilege, you know, we're two white guys traveling around. I'm sure things are different if you're a person of color, you know, if you're a woman on the road. Um, But for us, at least in the community, um, we haven't really encountered too much discrimination. It's been actually been more so on social media, on our YouTube pages and things like that, that we'll see it rear its ugly head.
2: Yeah. And we've also been really uh, pleasantly surprised at how many uh, LGBT people we've met on the road, yeah. um, like other van lifers or overlanders, uh, we've met a lot of them. Um, so that's really cool to see that, that people feel more comfortable going out and, um, and doing it, and not feeling afraid to do it. Yeah. I think yeah. the uh,
1: hashtag van life movement has some serious diversity issues. But I think more and more, we're seeing that evolve and change. And at least if you know what hashtags to follow or what pages or people to follow, um, you know, you see a lot more diversity now.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And people are very brave behind their computer screens. So I'm sorry you guys have experienced that. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with Tiny Home Tours today. I appreciate all of your insight, and I hope people find this valuable.
2: Oh, great. Well, thanks so much for having us on. We had a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Anytime. Awesome.
0: So much. Yeah. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by the Tiny Home Tours newsletter. Would you enjoy a weekly newsletter that shares all things tiny? Every Friday, we share sneak peeks of full upcoming tour videos, blog posts, and new podcast episodes. Join with the link below or by visiting tinyhometours.com.